content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. Listeners to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. And I'm Necker. And we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? I turned to Western again. You did a little bit. I don't... <laughs> how does that happen? I don't know. Right. That's <laughs> more masculine than I ever <laughs> So, here's how this is going to work. We've got six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die. So the categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education... Science and technology, entertainment, and current events. We will be using a, an eight-sided die, and if you roll a one, then you will get to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories, except what you talk about has to be local, so Idaho or any state bordering Idaho. If you roll an eight, then you get to pick your category, because that's a wild. So, in the interest of in, in, in the interest of being transparent. We've had some really weird fucking audio issues. Sure have. So, we recorded this episode. Halfway through, the computer shut down, which I'm sure you will hear about halfway through this episode about. You will. <laughs> the, so the computer shut down. So we rebooted. We were able to recover the audio. And we were overjoyed, which I'm sure you will hear about. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to listen to the audio after we have finished and we've ported it to wherever... And what has happened is it has taken the second chunk of the audio and it has superimposed like, it. Copy and pasted it onto the first chunk. So the first chunk is just lost to the world. Yeah, don't make any sense either because we listened to it. We so, had the first part of the audio. And it just was like, fuck off. So here's the situation it's been like two weeks now that we've been able to get around to being able to re-record this segment. Mm-hmm. Um, that does give us a little bit of a unique opportunity to provide some updated information for my bit. Um, however, cool. that did give us the opportunity to imbibe. 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 I, we've had some wine. We've had some beer. It's been a long fucking week. I might be drunk. We're, we might both be drunk. So, if it seems like we suddenly become so much clearer halfway through this episode, that's why. It's because it's us from the past. Yes. (laughs) God. So, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? So, I am going to be talking about something that's been currently happening, in which... Uh, someone I actually follow and actually uh, somewhat admire um, has been in a couple of controversies as of late. And that is going to be Matthew Patrick, a.k.a. The Game Theorist, because he's been under a lot of fucking heat for about two things primarily, but there's three controversies I'm going to talk about. So, the first of which is going to be the controversy about Deltarune. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, uh, Deltarune is a game made by uh, Pirate 
software, okay, not pirate games, <laughs> as may have been indicated by uh, Matthew Patrick. Um, that feels like just a misspeaking. And it, and it was. I honestly think it was. I don't think it was meant in any sort of malice. At least not that part. Intentionally. And as far as I know, Matthew Patrick is fairly upfront about the resources he uses. And tries to give the credit where credit is due. So part of this controversy, at least this first part, has to do with how Matthew Patrick has been portrayed in... Um, in the comments section, I'm going to say comments because it's not really media. Mm -hmm. Media doesn't really follow YouTube for the most part. Unless it's like something massive. Yeah. Um, but Matthew Patrick is underneath a lot of heat because not only did he get the uh, game company wrong for Deltarune, but he's also underneath a lot of heat because of how he portrayed Deltarune. His response to the negative feedback from what he did. And then also a, um, I don't want to say a strong force, but a fairly uh, reputable force, if that makes sense, um, with uh, the Deltarune experience. So for those of you that don't know, um, Matthew Patrick was doing a uh, live stream on his GT Live channel for Deltarune, or as he liked to call it, Undertale 2. Which he shouldn't have called it that because it's not Undertale 2. There's actually, um, oh my god, I fucked up so bad. Hang on, I oh. need to, I need to fix this. <laughs> it's the alcohol here talking. <laughs> um, it's not Deltarune because Deltarune actually is kind of Undertale 2-esque. The controversy, god, fuck the alcohol. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the controversy is actually about Heartbound. Sorry. And that is the game that was done by Pirate Software. Okay. So it's really hard to kind of keep all this on track because they are they are similar games but have different concepts and they're done by different creators. So Undertale was done by Toby Fox, as we all know and love from my very first episode that we did here <laughs> on... Uh, Good old WTF. And, <clears throat> and Deltarune is, in a sense, a successor to Undertale. But Heartbound is a totally different game. It embraces a lot of similar concepts. And I want to say maybe it has some good inspiration, as is said by their website, for Undertale. Because uh, let's be honest, Undertale, at least... I mean, maybe you guys are just disagreeing with me, but for me, Undertale is one of my favorite games of all times. I think it's brilliant written, great story, great, phenomenal music, for sure, and <coughs> great character development. And the contrary comes behind where when Matthew Patrick was playing Heartbound, he tried to put Undertale 2 as one of the tags for this game. And not only that... Well, people say that he's become a little bit more corporate in a sense of like he's trying to game the analytics system to get more views for his YouTube. Like channel. putting stuff in his tags that maybe doesn't belong there. Exactly. Okay. Like Undertale Two is not conducive of Hardbound. Uh huh. But right, if he was to say leave Undertale in there as a tag, that is a <clears throat> game that's synonymous in a sense or heavily relatable to Hardbound. 
Right. So the, the, the main fury of some people that have watched Matthew Patrick or maybe are no longer fans of the Game Theory channel has to do with how he's trying to push the analytics system to help get generate his views for what he's looking for. But the main issue is how he's doing that. Because you can use your analytics to say, like, you know, maybe Undertale seems fair in terms of conducive, but not Undertale 2. Because it's not Undertale 2. Mm -hmm. That's more heavily aligned with maybe Deltarune. And also with that, you would hope to expect that if you were to have that kind of thing, that you would have tags with Toby Fox. Or maybe with similar characters, because those characters are brought to life. If you have a game that's has different information, right? A different protagonist, different issues, different side characters, all that jazz, then you shouldn't be using those kind of tags. So that's one of the things where I'm I'm not necessarily on Matt's side mm-hmm. per se. And I want to be perfectly clear, I'm not actually necessarily against Matt Pat for the most part. I just think that that was in poor taste. And it, not not only in poor taste, it was Actually misleading. It feels like... So, tag stuffing Mm -hmm. is a thing that I know about just from, like, distributing our podcast. Because iTunes, if they feel like you're tag stuffing, they will pull your podcast off iTunes. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like, if they feel like you are putting tags or... um, I mean, not even just tags, but if you're putting tags or things in your title that maybe should be in the description instead. That are not just, actually relatable to the subject matter. Yeah, to, just to try to get it to pop up in more places. Mm-hmm. They will pull your podcast off iTunes. Yeah, like for us, like we'll put tags for all the subject matter that we could talk about for the most part. And we'll try to put tags for what we're actually talking about. Yeah, so like we've got tags for like all of our categories. Okay, Mac. <laughs> He's trying to start a fight oh, in the room apparently. come on. Don't be an asshole. I know what that meow means. Right. So, like, we'll have tags for our six categories, also for, like, Idaho, Pacific Northwest, being local, and then just, like, general podcasting tags. Right. But it is... It is in the same area as the subject matter we're talking about. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, if I were to talk about, um, oh gosh, what would be a good example? If I were to talk about politics, but let's say I'm talking about specific politics for uh, maybe the state I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw in the current president of the United States. I'm not going to throw in, like, yeah. other many senators that are currently under heat to try and get publicity for my podcast because I'm not talking about that subject matter. Right, and so it's, it's misleading to your audience, mm-hmm. and it all it hurts the validity of what you try to do in the future. Because mm-hmm. you think about it, it's like, well, I thought this was this. Since you've lied about to me once now, why would I want to try to follow that? So that's another thing you have to be careful about, especially with this. Is um, and it seems like Matthew has learned for the most part. He's trying to change his tags and he's change the title of his video and, like, the, the pictures of it. Because that was another thing is, like, some of the pictures that he was showing was almost hinting more at Undertale themes rather mm-hmm. than Heartbound. And he ended up hurting... I mean, he hurt the feelings of the pirate software developers, mm-hmm. for sure. Because while they are heavily, you know, they feel 
inspired by the original uh, creator, Toby Fox, for their game. I would, in a sense, I'd also possibly take it as an insult to say my game is yeah. the sequel. Because it's almost like, I worked very hard to create my individual meaning. And you're saying that this is just like and something you're, you're, else. Exactly. Like, so, I, while maybe that was like, that, you could say that game is highly successful. And you could say that having that tag could be highly beneficial. But you have to take into account, people that create, like if I were to create music, and it was heavily aligned to another artist... While it might be successful for my music, that's going to hurt. It's going to wound my pride a little bit. And I think people that create stuff, they have a right to be protective of the stuff that they create. Because otherwise, if it becomes renowned, like, let's say Pirate Software make this game. And it's highly successful. But made it successful because of those tags and being associated with Toby Fox, then you could easily argue that that game became successful because of Toby Fox in a way, it hurts Pirate Software mm-hmm. because now they're in association with Toby Fox. Which maybe but they didn't want to be. Exactly. Right? Especially, and the other thing you have to think about too is like, while Toby Fox, for the most part, like seems like a very good guy, and uh, I mean, I don't know him personally at all. Seems like I don't know Matthew Patrick at all. But if they're both held in good lights, but they don't want to be in a relation with each other, you're going to hurt not only your audience base. But you're also going to hurt your profits because now you have an audience who maybe they're unsure and because of the other demographic that's being more negative towards your audience base, they're going to start saying stuff that maybe makes them think twice about wanting to watch your videos. And you have to be very careful about that because with YouTube, that's going to be where you get a lot of your profits is from that because you can get your analytics so that you know what you should make in the future. You get your AdSense which is also really important. And I don't think this is going to hurt Matthew Patrick necessarily, negatively. As far as I've seen, it hasn't hurt him currently. But you have to be careful because, you know, you do that once, sure, maybe you get away with it. And, like, Facebook has done stuff multiple times in the past and they can keep getting away with it. But all it takes is one slip-up too far Mm -hmm. to really fuck you. That's what you have to be careful about because you have an audience that maybe they really love you and now they're unsure. Or you have an audience base, maybe you have other people that used to love you, they don't love you so much anymore, and now they have the exact ammo they were looking for. Yeah. You almost fed that audience base the reasons why they shouldn't look, look at you anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's just something you have to be careful about. So that's the first controversy. The second one is with... Uh, Legal Eagle. Because Matthew Patrick came up with a video shortly after Legal Eagle, which had to do with Fortnite. And the dancing um, escapades that were going on in terms of there were people trying to copyright dances, like let's say the Carlton dance, which <coughs> mm-hmm. hopefully you guys all know. But if you don't, it's from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is a very famous dance where pretty much uh, the, the youth... If I was to do the dance, I'd move my legs... To one side opposite my arms <laughs> will swing them to the side like a pendulum and keep moving back and forth multiple ways. That's kind of how the dance works. Right? And so, so fun, fun fact. We met like two and a half-ish years ago during a show. So we met when we were doing Rocky Horror mm-hmm. and we actually got to do the Carlton in one of those, the, in the show. Mm-hmm. During Sword of Damocles. So that's just 
fun information. Oh, it was me. Yeah. That was a good show. But, um... But with that being said, though, uh, the other controversy got into was, like, he was stealing from other creators. Which was not the case. So, um... Matt Pat had actually been working on this bit for a while before, as far as he has stated, and some of the stuff he's released. Legal Eagle released a video basically trying to frame up that Matthew Patrick had not only stolen, but refused to give any credit to Legal Eagle, who is uh, another creator who is uh, currently a lawyer, it seems like, specifically about the copyright stuff. That's one thing he prides himself in. And uh, being really disappointed in Matt, Matthew Patrick because, well, as he states in the video, he says, you know what? I'm glad you learned something, but you have millions of views. And I just have, like, you know, several thousand. Like, the least you can do is at least throw a link out to my stuff. If you're going to take my information, at least throw a bit out. Right? And so... That brings up another point, too, and this kind of cycles back to the previous thing I was talking about. So with, um, not Delta Rune, but with Heartbound, one of the other biggest things was that he didn't link to the video. Right, so you have Legal Eagle that's frustrated. To the video or to their game? To oh, Sorry, to their game. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. So Legal Eagle was frustrated because he didn't link to the video, even though he didn't actually use any of Legal Eagle's stuff. The problem with... That was Matthew Patrick. There's only so much things you deviate from with legalese before it's actually no longer legalese. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, um, a paraphrase yeah. of the actual document. And they just happen to cover the same document at the same time. And since he's a gaming, uh, you know, uh, a gaming creator, mm-hmm. in a sense, they're probably going to talk about similar subject matter, especially if they're both make major headlines. And that so, one just kind of happened to be a coincidence that they yeah, released at the same time, it did. right? Yeah, and well, legally, did try to like you know. I don't want to say he maybe natively tried to go after him per se, but he did not do himself any favors by publicly calling him out before See, it, addressing it. That's what privately. I was gonna say. It feels a little bit like he was trying to go after him to maybe get views from that audience instead of trying to or the audience that dislikes him. Yeah, instead of trying to settle this, like, send him a private message like, hey, this is what it seems like, and then see what he says, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you copied this, blah, 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 without actually knowing if that's the truth. Right. It's uh, kind of... It's kind of like talking about your ass. Leaping before you look. A little bit, yeah. So, but with that one, though, right... uh, Another reason why it's important about linking is back with Heartbound, there was this controversy of where Matthew Patrick was talking about, hey, he's like, I tried to do the algorithm and work it that way because I know people love these games, and so if they're looking for games similar along this ilk, that these texts can help them to find those similar games. So I understand the reasoning behind it. I still think it was poorly implemented. See, if that's the reasoning, I can get behind it like, tagging it as Undertale, but not Undertale 2. Yeah, Undertale 2. Because that seems, just feels so, misleading. Or, or um, what is it, the next Undertale game? Yeah. Right? That phrasing for that title is not helpful, where you can say, um, the next, uh, I don't know, like, game-like Undertale, right? Or, I'm not sure, but, like, you can phrase the, the wording of that, to make sure to say, hey, this is something very similar, but it is not in the same 
timeline, creator, uh, you know, storyline that was already previously suggested. But um, the the biggest thing that kind of hit him was when Toby Fox actually messaged in because Matthew Patrick said that he didn't link to the game uh, because it wasn't necessary for his videos. And this is a lot of things that YouTubers also hit on as well, where they actually were in agreement, where if I'm a creator and I'm playing, let's say, Call of Duty, right? If I'm playing Call of Duty, I shouldn't have to link to Activision to, for, like, Call of Duty games. I shouldn't. If you were interested in the game, you could find the game. It's not my obligation to link to the said page. But... <laughs> With that being said, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Damn cat. With that being said, though, I think if you truly enjoy the game, that you probably should link to it because you're probably planning on. I mean, if you like it, you're probably gonna support it, right? And maybe that'll help lead to more sponsorships and other things like that. But you shouldn't have to be forced to link to a game just because the game is involved. Right? I Yeah, I think I agree with that. Because I... Mm. Like, I there's some YouTubers that I watch that do Minecraft videos. Right, and if I'm interested in Minecraft... I can find I Minecraft game. on my it's own. It's not hard to look up. And I think that's the thing, is if you want to play a game that someone... You see someone on YouTube playing, it takes like four seconds to put that into Google... Yeah. If you really so want to play it, Google it. It. I mean. Now, does it help you in terms of like getting more games in the future? Maybe getting like uh, some free licenses to play games because it helps build up your audience base as well as help build up publicity for the game. Sure, but that's your prerogative. You should not be forced to have. Well, to also, that. I know, like me personally, a lot of the times when I'm watching YouTube videos, it's on the TV where I've cast it from my phone to the TV. I can't see any of those links. Right. So if I'm watching a video and they're like, oh, I'm playing this game, it's fun. Even if they do link to it, I can't see that. Right. So if I want to play it, I'm going to put it in Google anyways. Exactly. So it, it makes jack shit difference whether they put it in there or not. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm not the only one that watches videos that way. Right. Because if I have the option of watching it on my phone versus a TV... I'm going to watch it on the TV. <laughs> exactly. So those are kind of the big two controversies that were kind of hidden around MatPat for the most part. The last thing was actually that personally affected Matthew Patrick. And this had to do with Defy Media. Now, for those that don't know Defy Media, that is a MCM, which is a uh, multi-channel uh, or MCN, multi-channel network that works with other creators to help them get more publicity, to get them more money and AdSense. And basically it's, uh, you know, a cyclical process where it's like, okay, we'll help house you. And in that process, we take a part of your money, but we'll help you get more revenue, all that stuff. And, you know, it keeps feeding back to the system in a sense. Now, the big controversy around this was that Matthew Patrick was um, involved with Defy Media in terms of uh, a business proposition for him to help make more money, to help get more you know, um, publicity, all that stuff, more revenue, as you would with a business, right? The whole goal of a business is to continue to grow, because you're not growing, then you're shrinking and you're dying, so to speak. <laughs> so, when they did this, though, 
they didn't realize that the person they were working with, and as Spencer Patrick puts it, it's someone that he actually thought he knew, that he felt fairly close with, and that he ends up feeling betrayed by, end up stealing $1.7 million Jesus. from about 50 major YouTube creators. Not only do they steal that, they got away, in a sense, scot-free as far as I've seen, and the money that is left in terms of residual income is left with Allied Bank to decide where that money goes. Now, I think this is a great learning point in terms of being associated with MCN because what Matthew pushed, Matthew actually uses this as an opportunity to teach people in the future what to avoid so they're not in his situation, mm-hmm. which I think is great because that was absolutely not necessary. But he decided to go the extra mile to showcase that off, so that's why, I mean, I personally like Matthew Patrick. I think, you know, he made some mistakes. I disagree with some things he did. But regardless, I still like him in terms of that as a creator. And I think that brings up something that's interesting is as soon as somebody is in any kind of spotlight, it's like we expect them to not have any humanity and they can't make any mistakes. Right. Or it's them being completely selfish is uh-huh. another thing. And you have to think like rationally in terms of if I was in that position, I'd want to protect my assets. That's going to be my company, mm-hmm. my employees and my income. I don't have to try and protect everyone else. Mm-hmm. That completely is like just that's like that's just free knowledge, in a sense, and using that platform as an event, um, as a uh, gateway to let people know how to interact, like how to proceed in the future. Because what he does is he says, first off, if you are going to be part of an MCN, and it sounds like he really doesn't recommend it for the most part because it's like a um, how do you put it. It was like it's it looks shiny, but it's worth nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. So what happens with these MCNs is that they they try they try to inflate their books, and I, I'm saying this is a broad statement, right? This is not every MCN, but according to Matthew Patrick, and with this instance of the MCN for Define Media, they would use their money that they were bringing in to inflate their books. So they'd use the money that the other creators were bringing in. To say, hey, look at how rich we are to try and sell fast. Mm-hmm. Because once people look too deep into their books, they're, they're pretty much see, empty. Oh, you actually don't have virtually anything because all of it is intangible. Like, and, and this brings me a good point. So, like, a SaaS, a software as a service, the tangibility of that is you're right, it's not physical, but I can sell a product. And every time I sell that product, I get income, right? If it's real merchandise, every time I sell that physical copy of it, I'm going to have an income. With Defy Media or other MCNs, they only make money when the other creators make money. So think of it as, I want to say think of it as like a stock, right? You only make money when the stock increases. But if your business is purely stock, that is very fungible, it's very flexible because that means that as long as people believe in it, it'll go up. But as soon as people don't believe in it, you've lost all of your net worth virtually overnight. Mm-hmm. It's over at that point because if they don't believe in you, you no longer have a business. Which is why it's it's almost like it's not necessarily a pyramid scheme, but it is. You should be very suspicious. It feels very pyramid scheme. It though, does. Where but the people on the bottom are the ones that are trying to make the money to. Right, the people but this is like, top. you're not trying to sell people to MCNs though, right? This is where like, it's like it's a pyramid scheme, but it's not, because I'm not trying to sell you to join the MCN. 
Right. Like, like, because I don't get a benefit from it, but it's like if you're part of an MCN, the MCN gets your money. Right. And you have to right. hope that either you can get out before they go under, or that you have an out clause, which is what Matt Pat recommends. If you are part of an MCN, definitely always have 100% of your profits go to you. You deserve that. No, like, no less than that, minimum. If someone chooses not to give that to you, then maybe don't join that MCN. Stick it out on yourself until you become more, you have more strength, more negotiating power. That's what you should do, is what his advice is. The next thing is with that MCN, right, you should make sure that the funds go to a separate bank account. Because the problem that Matthew Patrick's having is because all the funds went to Define Media's accounts. Mm-hmm. Now the bank has to choose how to distribute that money based on who's had losses. Oh, God. And the problem is those aren't that's not the money that should be allocated. Because it's not Defy's uh-huh. money, according to Matthew Patrick. It is his and the other YouTubers. So in a sense, if they do choose to give it away to other people, they've been stolen from not once, but in a sense twice. But twice. That sucks. Right. And if the name sounds familiar for Define Media, Smosh was actually one of the channels that became homeless due to Define Media's thing. So Ian, uh, he is one of the original co-founders of Smosh, along with Anthony. Right now, Anthony left a while ago, but Ian and his team was left homeless, so to speak. And what homeless means is that basically they don't have an MCN to basically protect them from like any copyright and stuff and how they're choosing to use stuff because MCNs ha- tend to have a lot more. Uh, oomph behind. Sway? Yeah, sway. <laughs> In terms of if there's ever a copyright strike or anything, they can be like, uh, no. And they have more staying power from that. Whereas, since Ian decided to buy only stock with what he sold with Smosh for Defy Media, when Defy Media went down because they never went public, he lost literally everything. God. Which is another thing. Right when you when you try to sell whether it's your business or anything else, you have to make sure that you are gonna get some sort of financial asset if the company chooses to go under, because otherwise you're literally banking on not having it fail. And you should never put all your eggs in one basket, let alone put your eggs in one basket where literally you will reap nothing if it fails. Yeah. Which that's is scary. horrific. And that's just, that's just a bad outcome regardless. Because, I mean, I feel bad for Anthony. And I'm not going to say, like, he should have seen this coming. Because it sounds like nobody well, yeah, could have seen this he? coming. But at the same time, it's just, like, in terms of finances, you should always be careful and suspicious when it comes to your money. Because your money is your money. Don't ever let anyone try to sucker you out of that. You know? I gotta pee. But you should always, one, one thing that we've learned from this whole thing is be careful with your assets, be that your own finances or... Don't sell everything for stocks. Because, well, stocks can be very beneficial, right? You also run the risk of losing quite a lot of shit. Because the problem with Anthony was they never went public. And if they don't go public... You don't actually get any benefits from the stocks. You don't uh-huh. get any compensation because they've they stayed private. So and that's prob- that probably doesn't happen super often. No, no, no. It shouldn't because most companies that stay private they don't they don't sell stock. Uh huh. 
because it only has to be on the public market. For the most part, as far as I know, I'm not an economist, I'm not a uh, like a business guru by any means, but I mean, I was part of a company that was private that became public, and as far as I know, that you couldn't buy stock from my company because they were never public, so to speak. In terms of, you know, public finances and whatnot. Like, you couldn't buy stock for my business. So, um, so yeah, so, kind of sucks for Matthew Patrick because in a sense, uh, he's lost money from this. He's gotten hit pretty hard from both the gaming, uh, from pirate software as well as from legal legal and so it sucks because like at the very beginning of his year he immediately is hit by all these controversies as well mm-hmm. as by loss of income uh i think he'll bounce back for sure and it looks like he's doing well for the time being but um i think it remains to be seen how forgiving the audience can be with that as far as mm-hmm. i can see right now it looks like he has not been hurt at all really by anyone but i think that also speaks to his character because for the most part he tends to be very generous and if not generous very charismatic because mm-hmm. again i don't know him personally yeah so i can't honestly well say charisma else. can go a long way it very much can yeah ted bundy was real charismatic he was and he was very successful with his charisma Ooh. for the horrific things he, he wanted sure to do. was i mean there was a lot of people like jeffrey dahmer was very charismatic like that too so uh yeah so, uh, with that being said, Katie. Yes? What the fuck are you going to talk about? Well, this is where it's going to get a little bit weird. Okay. Because, so I had current events. Right. And I actually have updated information from when we originally recorded this episode. So you're going to hear some different numbers a little later than you will right now. Um, I also am going to warn you, this is kind of a controversial, hot topic, and it has been for a while. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to talk to you about the measles. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh... So, I'm going to give you some updated information at the top of this. Okay. Right now... We've got 55 cases of measles in the Pacific Northwest and 11 more suspected. God. Uh, that yeah. was as of February 6th. It remind me, the measles, that was one that's not supposed to be very common anymore, right? Correct, because we have a vaccine for this. Right. The MMR vaccine, which is measles, mumps, and rubella, is very effective at preventing those. So right now... As of, so as of February 9th, and this is going to date this episode, so guess what? Some of these are, most of these are recorded in advance, because guess what? We have full-time jobs and life and stuff, so oh, yeah. we want to try to stay ahead, and it makes it a little weird for current events sometimes, but right. it's fine. We'll live. Yeah, I don't think they'll fret us too much on that. So as of February 9th, in Clark County specifically, there was 53 mm-hmm. cases of measles confirmed um, two more suspected, and one of those was someone that who had received one dose of the MMR vaccine. One dose. How many doses are you supposed to receive? Two. Two. And so it's like the HPV 
Yes. Three. Is that one three? I think so. Maybe. Um, and I will talk about that a little bit later and why that is important to note. So measles is a highly contagious infectious disease caused by the measles virus. It is, an inf- is, it is an infection of the respiratory system, and it's spread via respiratory drops by coughing, sneezing, personal contact with an infected person, secretions. Like leprosy. <laughs> right? Yes. Good. But no. Oh. Um, and by secretions, it can be either nasal or saliva. Ooh. People that are infected with the virus are infectious for up to four days before they start to develop the like the typical measles rash that you see. And also for four days after they develop the rash. So these people are just going about their daily lives, going who knows where, taking the measles everywhere with them. So that's scary. No, oh, that's pretty scary. Uh, yeah, so also, um, just a fun fact... The measles is called rubiola, or also known as rubiola, um, not to be confused with rubella, which is German measles. And they are different, but that is one of, rubella is included on that MMR vaccine. Right. That's the R part. Correct. Uh, Also, measles is only a human disease. So unlike, well, when we talked about leprosy, how it was like humans and armadillos, measles is Mm -hmm. just humans. Although they think that it is from some sort of a mutation, like a million, a million years ago is an exaggeration, but way, way back um, from something that like is what, what gives dogs distemper. Uh Um, They think that may have been part of the origin or evolution of it. um, But at this point it is a human only disease. And the measles virus can live on surfaces and in the air for up to two hours. So that is... That's a long time. ...without being in any kind of a host. That's just on its own. That is a long fucking time. Do you know how many people can walk through, a like, a bus station or a subway in two hours? More than one. How many people do you think can go through a lunchroom in two hours? 500. Yes. Yes. That's a lot. It's a lot of people... Nine out of ten non-immune people that come in contact with an infected person will be infected. That is how contagious this is. Um, even with the vaccine? No. Okay. That's so non-immune people. Okay. Um, but, I mean, that doesn't include people that don't respond to the vaccine. Right. They would be considered non-immune. Mm-hmm. So, symptoms typically begin with or they typically begin 10 to 14 days after exposure. Mm-hmm. And so it includes a at least a four-day fever, uh, cough, coryza, which is stuffy nose, runny nose, sneezing, post-nasal drip, conjunctiv- uh, uh, conjunctivitis, and a rash. Mm. The fever can typically, la- or typically lasts about a week, which that's a real long time to have a fever. If you've ever had a fever, you know that's not comfortable. Yeah. A week is a real long time. What's the average temperature for that? 104. It's a long time. Which, you know, I think it's like 103, 104. They recommend you go to the hospital because that is dangerous. Right. So there's also these things. They're called coplic spots. And they appear temporarily in the mouth two to three days before the rash will actually appear. 
But these, they're not seen very often because they're in the mouth back by your molars. So I don't know about you, but I'm not like looking at the inside of my mouth back by my molars very often. Like I brush my teeth and then I'm not like inspecting them in the mirror. So they're not seen very often, but these are like small little white dots in appearance that appear in your, in your mouth. Right. So then the rash itself starts on the back of the ears, and within hours it can spread to the head and neck, and then it spreads to the whole rest of the body. And that can last for up to 10 days. The measles can take about three weeks to resolve, which, if you've ever been sick for three weeks, that is a long fucking time. Yeah, when I had pneumonia, it took me months. It fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in fifth grade, I had pneumonia, and I was sick for like three months, and it was miserable. Three weeks is a long time. 40% uh, of people that have the measles, though, will develop complications. And those complications can include diarrhea, pneumonia... Oh, what did I write right there? <laughs> oh, pneumonia. Okay. Either viral or bacterial. So, double the fun. Woohoo. Bronchitis. Otis media, which that's, like, internal... Um, not internal. In so like inflammation ear? of the middle ear. Okay. Uh, which, I mean, is internal, because that's where your middle ear is. But, <laughs> no, right. it's like ear infection, that kind of thing. Okay. Acute brain inflammation, which, from now on, I will refer to as, like, encephalitis. Uh, corneal ulceration. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's on your eye. And super infections from having a su suppressed immune system. Mm. So this is particularly dangerous for infants, children younger than five, adults over 20, pregnant women, people with compromised Im immune systems, HIV-infected or innate immuno immunodeficiency, and those who are malnourished or have a vitamin A deficiency. So pretty much human beings. Yeah, basically anyone, if you're not between the ages of five and 20, like, it, it's not going to be great. And that's something that a lot of people have this misconception of the measles being some like, oh, it's just like a cold with a rash. That, no. Uh, complications are more severe for adults than in previously held, or, hold on, let me back up. Complications are more severe for adults and in previously healthy children as it can result, er, complications are more severe for adults and in previously healthy children, it can result in hospitalization. One out of a thousand cases will progress to acute encephalitis, which often leads to brain damage. Um, and I know one out of a thousand doesn't sound like a lot. But we have some billion people on the planet. Uh, yeah, and also, it doesn't matter if it sounds like a lot. If you or a loved one is the one that is having these issues with encephalitis... One out of a thousand doesn't fucking matter. Right. No one should be having to deal with this when we have a fucking vaccine. Gosh, like I want to think about that. Like one out of a thousand, right? Times it by what? Another thousand? That's one million. Sure, math. Math. Like <laughs> to just have three zeros. So, that times that by another ten. That's a billion. So, that's like. That's a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> I can't do math right now. I'm too, t 
My brain's not working. So, and, oh, I've got some, some numbers about that from, I mean, they're old numbers, but in that vein. Mm-hmm. So measles was first identified in the 19th century, or 19th, God, in the 9th century. Yeah, that's, that's long ago. Uh, yeah, and that was when they were able to differentiate it from, like, syphilis and other things like that. Like syphilis, smallpox, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So in the decade before 1963, which is when the vaccine became available, nearly all children got the measles by the time they were 15. Each year it was estimated that 400 to 500 people would die, 48,000 people would be hospitalized, and 4,000 people would suffer encephalitis. In the ninth ninth century? No. Uh, In the decade before 1963. (laughs) So in the 50s. Gotcha. Measles were once considered to be eliminated in the U.S., um, but thanks to anti-vaxxers and Americans traveling to and from places where the measles are still endemic without being vaccinated, it's starting to make a comeback. And personally, seeing the statistics that we've got right now, I don't really feel like we could call it eliminated anymore. Um, Unvaccinated people are far more likely to transmit the disease than a vaccinated person, And something that has been, I have seen so many people on Facebook that are like, well, if you haven't been vaccinated, been vaccinated for it, you're not going to carry it. And that's, that's flat out bullshit. That's wrong. It's because they inject you with a damaged and or dead version. So the measles, the MMR is actually live. Okay, so it is live. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's a weakened state, right? I think so. I'm assuming it'd probably send you a weekend state. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Here's hoping. <laughs> Regardless, though, it's better than getting measles normally. Well, and that's the thing, is that, like, I, th- I'm, I have, I will talk about the, like, side effects from the measles, or from the MMR vaccine, that are way better than the measles. So, under the Global Vaccine Action Plan, measles and rubella were targeted for elimination in five uh, World World Health Organization regions by 2020. Oh, yes, the who. So, that's not looking so hot as that is next year. The MMR vaccine is very effective at preventing the measles, though it is not 100% effective. And that is one thing that I... So, there's a person that I used to work with. And for those of you who don't know, don't know, I used to work in substance use disorder treatment. I was a case manager. And that is part of the medical field. A counselor that I used to work with posted something on an article about the outbreak. And he was like, well, we need, why is no one asking why people that have the vaccine have gotten it? If you think that anything in medicine works 100% of the time for 100% of the people, you are wrong. Mm. You need to go do more research. That is not how medicine works. That is not how medicine has ever worked. Right. It can be helpful, but it's not... Nothing will work for everyone all of the time. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Everyone's body is different. Yep. Along those lines, 5% of people have immune systems that do not respond to the antibodies when the small doses of the live vaccine or the live virus are introduced. And so that's in the first dose. So, and it's not like, oh, they get sick or anything, just nothing happens. Mm. So the first dose prevents 
or provides like 93 to 95% protection. The second dose provides like 95 to 99% protection or 97 to 99%. So it's really important that you get both doses. Mm -hmm. The first dose provides you with a pretty decent amount of protection. But like I said earlier, one of the people involved in the outbreak in the Northwest had gotten the first dose. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you get both doses. So in total, 1% of people will not respond to the vaccine at all. Herd immunity levels for measles is 90 to 95%. Which is not what we need. That, no, that, that is what we need. That is way above what we have. Oh, gotcha. So 90 to 95% of people must be vaccinated against measles for herd immunity to work. Gotcha. Because that is just how transmittable this disease is. It's stupid contagious. Side effects of the vaccine are rare, and they manifest in a mild fever or a rash. Uh, allergic reactions happen in less than one out of a thousand people. So I, yes. I don't math, but that's a very small number. It's less than the measles. Yeah, that's less than your chances of getting encephalitis. So, also, there are no treatments for measles. It's basically just wait it out. I mean, maybe they can pre prescribe you something to help with being pain, being uncomfortable. Right, but there's no, like, antibiotics. Though, no, right? there's, it's a virus. It, you literally have to fight You have it to out. wait it out and hope that you get better. And here's the thing, if you're immunocompromised, maybe you're you won't. For time, yeah. And I've seen several things on Facebook about people talking about the measles not being scary and it's actually good for you and it just being a minor inconvenience and that's that's not true. It's actually it's actually quite terrifying some of the things that the measles virus can do. Mm -hmm. um, so I believe we left off talking about chickenpox. Yes. And how there is no cure for the measles. Thank God there was a cure for this. God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ooh. let me become enraged again. Yes, fuming. Let's so go. This was something that I didn't know okay. that is kind of horrifying. Mm -hmm. So the measles virus attacks immune memory. So the immune memory of the cell. So that way it doesn't know how to fight it? No. So it throws the body basically into what they call immune amnesia, and this can last for as long as three years. Oh, so if, if you survive measles, you'll have immunity to measles, but you can fall ill with something you were previously immune to. So it fucks you up for the next thing. Yeah, because, so if you were already vaccinated against something, or you, like, you had immunity from chickenpox because you had it. That's horrific. Yeah. Because that just means, like, like smallpox, even. You can go from measles well, I mean, to smallpox. None of us are vaccinated for smallpox anymore. Well. Okay. That's, that's a topic for a Leprosy, different episode. My God! <laughs> but, so, yeah. Which, that's really scary to think how, about. I wonder, I, I'm not, do you understand how that even works, or just that that happens? Uh, I didn't get too deep into that, because it was crazy. a lot of... crazy. Yeah. Um, like, you have to, like, attack the brain in some capacity, right? Or? Well, it's, it's the immune response of the cells. Or, like, the immune memory of the cells. 
So your brain isn't like, oh, I'm immune to chicken pox now. Like, like, we're all in high school where it's like, we must induce amnesia. <laughs> you know what I saw the other day? What? What'd you see? I saw a section of Osmosis Jones. Oh my Which God. I have not seen since like eighth grade. Let's all agree that that egg scene was like one of the most disgusting scenes in that movie. I mean that, and the one bit where they're like, meet me at the dangly thing. The other one. <laughs> That's the part that has stuck in my head. So, good job making that memorable. Memorable? Memorable? It's fine. Words don't matter here, remember? So, not only do you have the measles virus attacking the immune memory of your cells, you also have immunodeficiency, or your immune system is suppressed. Mm -hmm. And that can last for a long time as well. So the likelihood that you could get something that you were previously immune to and then die from it is much higher. So that's so cool. So measles is just a real asshole. Yeah, measles is dangerous. We weren't like, you know what? Because it doesn't kill you, it'll probably allow something else to get pretty damn close. Yeah, there was a lot of people dying from measles before we had a vaccine from it. So reducing measles... What? <laughs> reducing measles. No, yeah, because that makes sense. Reducing measles appears to cause a drop in death from other infectious diseases due to the indirect effects of the measles on the immune system. Right. So no measles means your immune system isn't suppressed from having the measles. Shocking. So I approve. Now we're going to talk about some shitty people. Mm. Of which, if there I is, I know of a couple shitty people. In regards to this, not people in general. If there is a hell, these people will have a special place for it, for themselves in it. I will have to deliver you some bad news later, which I'm going to apologize for now and then. I'm sorry, I'm going to. Please don't. So, Andrew Wakefield was a British doctor. Who Wise has, keyword. Has since been discredited and has lost his medical license. Thank goodness. He first gained notoriety from some reports that he published that the measles virus caused Crohn's disease. He uh, published a paper in a medical journal linking... Did I skip a step? Did you say measles causes Crohn's disease? Yes. Okay. He said that the measles virus caused Crohn's disease. Um, he published a couple reports, and then he published a paper in uh, like a big fancy medical journal, of which I don't remember the name, but it starts with an L, um, linking the measles vaccine with Crohn's disease. Crohn's disease. Other scientists tried to replicate his study. They were able to conclude that that was absolute bullshit. Crohn's is genetic. Right. You don't get that from a vaccine. Andrew Wakefield was approached by Rosemary Keswick in 1995 while he was still doing his Crohn's research. She had an autistic son with inflammatory bowel disease, and she also ran a group called Allergy-Induced Autism. So... I'm sorry, huh? She has an autistic son with inflammatory bowel disease. Yeah, but she work. went to this guy who has done this shitty research that was like, oh, autism, or not autism, oh, measles vaccine causes Crohn's. And so she went to him and was basically like, I think you should, you should prove that these are connected, that the MMR causes Crohn's and autism. Because that's... So that's measles virus... The, the vaccine. vaccine for the measles. So, because this lady came to him, he starts looking for a link between autism, bowel problems, and the MMR vaccine. 
based on her claiming that the MMR vaccine was responsible for her son's condition. So. There's nothing wrong with looking, per se. I hate it. I hate it. So. I'm just saying, like, like in, in their defense, if he's just looking to see if there is a possibility, which is not. Continue. So he did a study, it was published in 1998, that claimed that there was a link between the MMR vaccine and what he called autistic enterocolitis, which is a made-up illness. So he made this enterocolitis. up. Enterocolitis. That's the bowel bit. Right. Autistic My enterocolitis. Saying that... The autism, or the, oh, the autism, the MMR vaccine causes autism and irritable bowel syndrome. That makes no fucking sense anyways. And how many people were in this case study? Twelve. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was twelve or twenty-four. The study consisted of only twelve children. Okay. The claim was that these twelve children were just like your average, ordinary children, and then they regressed after having the MMR vaccine. 12 people is not enough for a study of any sort of scientific merit in any universe. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe Bizarro Land there is. (laughs) So here's some things that Wakefield did not disclose. Most of the kids in the study, you know, most of the 12 of them, did not have any autism or inflammatory bowel disease. I did not know that part. And any information to the contrary that did not fit his conclusion, was repressed. Like my immune system. From the measles. Ah! No, because I thought I thought it was he found people that had aut- like, and this is totally, must have been my misunderstanding. I thought he found people that had autism and then also had a vaccine. It was like, ha! That's what he was trying to claim he did. Right. But these people, in fact, did not have no. autism or nope. Crohn's, period. Correct. Okay. So they were just healthy people. That apparently had some behavioral issues. Like, I don't know, try therapy. (laughs) I don't know. Here's another another fun fact. Therapy or measles. I don't know. Hmm. One will kill you. Another fun fact. The parents of these 12 children were recruited to the study by a lawyer making a clash action case against the manufacturers of the MMR vaccine. And these lawyers were also paying Andrew Wakefield about three quarters of a million dollars. So, they found these people to help get this study in progress, like to showcase that there was a thing, but they were paying off the person doing the investigation in order to pull off a so there were to get money. There were also 11 other doctors working on this study. Andrew Wakefield did not tell a single one of them that he was being paid. By these lawyers. Well, so I mean, because if you're getting paid, it's already sketch. highly suspect. Oh, it gets better. Yeah, you can't really have a like uh, unbiased. I mean, no one's purely unbiased, but a cl- you know close to unbiased analysis of this if you're getting paid. Well, don't worry, it gets better and better. Cool, let's do it. Wakefield also held a patent for a test for osteo osteo artistic enterocolitis. Which does not exist. A patent? Uh Uh-huh. A patent for a test. So I assume that would be like a genetic test or a blood test or something like that. Okay. 
he was also applying for a patent for a new single-injection measles vaccine, and that was before the study even happened. So he basically engineered this scare to create a market for his test for a, a condition that does not exist and, and his own measles vaccine that does not cover mumps or rubella. Well. FYI, mumps can lead to sterilization. You need to be protected from all of these. I, yeah. <clears throat> so. <laughs> be careful with that arm there. I'm so bad. <laughs> it's, it's got a mind of its own. By 2004, all of the other people that were involved in the study have abandoned it. Uh, by two, in, 2000, for in 2001, he was fired from the Royal Free Hospital where he was doctoring, allegedly. I doesn't... God help whoever huh? doctoring. So he moved to Texas. And uh, he's helped with some anti-vax movies of sorts and other things. I'm sorry, though. Oh. They're anti-vax so, movies. Their movies are like, hey... Don't get vaccines and such. I tried really hard to listen to a podcast of this lady explaining why she doesn't vaccinate her family. And I got to the point where she was like, well, you have to watch these documentaries. And I was like, if she says the three that I'm thinking of, I, I cannot continue. And she did. One of the big ones is called Vaxxed. You know who put it together? Robert De Niro. Remind me when he went to medical school. Is he a virologist? He put, no. He put up an anti-vaxxer? He is an anti-vaxxer. He has a son with autism, and he thinks it was caused by the MMR vaccine. I think I've heard of this, but I forgot. Okay. So. My heart's still not broken. <sighs> I, I could not go any further into that podcast. I was like, I will have an aneurysm. <laughs> From the vaccine, mind you. No, from stupidity of <laughs> other people. So, I can't believe there's actually... Movies about that. Oh, yes. And I I have... See, uh, here's... That will I am all, all for free speech until it becomes at this the is detriment dangerous. of society. This is dangerous. Yes. 100%. Oh, okay. So after this, immunization rates in Britain dropped from 92% to 73 And in some parts of London... 92%? In some parts of London, they were as low as 50 Oh there is God. no herd immunity there. That is fucked. That's horrific. Like, just the fact that it almost, it almost dropped, like, one out of five people stopped. Uh-huh. And here's the thing. When this study came out, it was very quickly proven to be bullshit. But because... And the lasting effects of this is insanity. Because all it takes is, like, just, like, that's why, like, the media statements can kill... The media picked it up and was like, oh, this is controversial. People will think this is interesting and they will read it. They didn't do any fact checking before they were like shoving this information at people that. <clears throat> Anyways, so speaking of other terrible people, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, there's one of them. In uh, 2007, she. Does she have goop? No, that's Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. Which is a whole other shit show. Cool. <laughs> so, 2007, Jenny McCarthy comes out and says that her son was diagnosed with autism in 2005. Mind you that her son's autism symptoms were seizures. I don't 
think that's one of the more common symptoms. I mean, no, I'm sure that there no, were. Um, I think there so were other worked, things going on. I've worked with several people that have autism. They can have seizures depending on. But it's not like the like main thing. Like, oh, this is autism. You're having to seizures. To my knowledge, I am not a you know psychologist or like a doctor or anything. But to my knowledge, when, like that is not a symptom. That is a that is something that happens. It's just co-occurring. Yes, it's co-occurring with that. Okay, that's what I thought. I mean, there were I had quite a few clients I worked with that had seizures. I couldn't find Some anything else that spoke more specifically about her son's symptoms. I'm sure there was probably some other like behavioral issues where they were like, "Oh, this is weird." Blah but blah just blah. Seizures should not be. But so I have ideas in five somewhere. <laughs> hold on, we, we'll I'll cover this. So she thinks that the mercury in the MMR, MMR vaccine. No. Causes autism, which we will get to. Why? <laughs> Mercury. So, she also believes that autism is curable. However, her son's Maybe symptoms are much more consistent with Landau-Kleffner's syndrome, hmm. which is often misdiagnosed as autism. And this causes seizures. But it can be treated, and the regression stops and is reversed when the seizures are stopped. Cool. So she claims that by age 8, her son, or 8, 12, her son has been cured of autism. And she refuses to believe that he may have been misdiagnosed. So that's fun. And because she's a celebrity of sorts. Mm Mm-hmm. So the MMR vaccine does not and has not contained mercury. What? Now, that's not to say that mercury is not in vaccines. It used to be used in a lot of them because there's there's a, a, a substance called, or a solution called thimerosal, and that is a preservative. Mm-hmm. But they, they removed that from all childhood vaccines, and now it's mostly just in, like, a flu shot. So a flu shot can contain... 0.01% of oh. thimerosal, which is, it's a known antiseptic and antifungal, um, and it's mercury, it's a mercury-based preservative. Keyword-based. A vaccine containing that amount of thimerosal contains 50 micrograms per 0.5 milliliters, roughly equal to one three-ounce can of tuna. I don't know about you, but I've eaten a whole lot more tuna than vaccines in my Tuna's life. Tuna's great! Are you so you tuna's are vaccines? You don't know. <laughs> like there are like things where it's like don't eat too much tuna on a weekly basis because you could give yourself mercury poisoning. Right. So not dangerous. These are not dangerous levels of mercury. And also, I don't think mercury causes autism. It's a no, thing. No, you mess with your nervous system. Yeah, but like it's not directly linked to autism. Not to my knowledge. This isn't like sponge <laughs> plus starfish equals mollusk. Like. So, Jenny McCarthy is not a doctor, and not a scientist, and basically any scientist can refute her claims easily with facts. (laughs) I just love you say that. You can refute anything with facts. So here's, I'm really, I'm going to break your heart and I'm really sorry. Don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare say that name. From 2005 to 2010, she was dating Jim Carrey. I know. I know. 
And, uh... I don't know why you brought it up for me. Well, he just went right along with it. And you know what? He's still going. He's definitely helping, uh, helping with that anti-vaxxer media. He he thinks that mercury in vaccines causes autism. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate. So I'm real disappointed in him. That hurts. Yeah. I read that and I was like, oh no. I knew where you were going. <laughs> that girl would be so sad. Mm. I no, found, I knew about part of that. I found a list of like other celebrities that were anti-vaxxers and I was like, I have lost so much respect for people. Like... Christ. And so that, and that's one thing we should definitely take away from this, is if they're a celebrity... Just because they're a celebrity doesn't mean they, they're smart. Yeah, it doesn't mean that they know their <laughs> and shit. It doesn't mean that anything they say about. is valid. Exactly. <laughs> like, I love Jim Carrey in The Truman Show. But he's an anti-vaxxer and... It hurts, it hurts that you brought that up. <laughs> he is a good actor and apparently not a good human. Anyways, moving on. This, this one is really great. Jenny McCarthy claims that a gluten-free and casein-free, which is dairy, diet. So, hold on. I'm going to go through the list of things that she claims cured her son of autism. Gluten and casein-free diet. Hyperbaric oxygen chambers. Hyperbaric. Yeah, I have one of those in my backyard. Salation tr- therapy, which supposedly removes heavy metals from the body. What's, what is that called? So, Salation therapy? It's like... A detox type thing mm-hmm. where they basically think where it's like, oh, if we pull the mercury out of your body, we'll pull out the autism. Yeah. Not how that works. Does your body have mercury in it regardless? Yes. Don't your body has trace amounts of a lot of things that are poisonous. And it needs it to live. Right. <laughs> That's how balance works. Homeostasis. Uh, aromatherapy. I like smells. Electromagnets. Electromagnets. Rubbing spoons on we his skin. We talked about magnets. Why electromagnets? Do you know why? Pseudoscience. Okay. Rubbing spoons on his skin. <laughs> and vitamin... <laughs> spoons are meant for cereal! <laughs> vitamin B12 shots. I mean, vitamin B is, is good. That's a good one. Half of these are not medicine. B12 is just great. Don't for rub spoons on your skin instead of going to the doctor. I don't know, man. It feels really good. <laughs> I'm. Oh God! Stop! <laughs> stop what you're doing. Spoon me. That's so now that it has been proven time and time and time again that Wakefield's study was absolute bullshit, she claims that she is quote not again not at all against vaccines end quote. Which excuse me. So. I wonder if what she's trying to say is she's not against She's vaccines. trying to backpedal. She's trying to backpedal for sure. She, she's trying to... So, she thinks that... The mercury. Because her main thing is the mercury or, or that mercury-based solution. I mean, that, but also that having three... Like, having measles, mumps, and rubella in one vaccine, she thinks that's just too much. And that so it... you gotta break it up into individual shots? She thinks that... Where is it? Um... You know, we will have to come back to that because I have something about that in my notes. Okay. So here's some interesting things. There's this common argument that the Amish people don't vaccinate their children and they have hardly any instances of autism. 
So here's the thing. The Amish vaccinate their children. That actually surprises me. Only because of, like, there's different sects of Amish people. Well, yeah. Um, But most Amish people do vaccinate their children. Because guess what? They don't want them to have fucking measles. That makes me happy. Uh, So common anti-vax lies are that vaccines are made of toxic chemicals, uh, which basically means that they were big words they couldn't pronounce, so they didn't bother to look any further. Uh, They are ineffective, which, no. fuck? Uh, They claim that there is just no more need for them. That they happen too fast. So like I just said, with having the, the measles, mumps, and rubella in one is just too fast. Uh, and that it causes autism, which, not a thing! So in a 2016 review of 18 measles studies and 32 pertussis studies, which is whooping cough, found that parents that do not vaccinate contribute to outbreaks of these preventable diseases. Right. So some people claim that you need to get measles to have a healthy immune system or to be a stronger person. This is especially prevalent in older people, like the baby boomer era. I, so, I saw, there were several, like, Facebook articles, or, like, articles posted by news sources on Facebook about the event that I will get to eventually, you know, the current events part of this, of people that were like, well, I got measles when I was younger, and I'm just fine. Good for you! But every now and then, there would be an older person that was like, yeah, I survived measles, but the four other kids on my block didn't. Vaccinate your kids. Having a communicable disease does not make you a stronger person. It just makes you lucky that you fucking survived it. I don't feel stronger from getting the flu. I'm just like, damn, I'm glad the flu's gone. (laughs) And that goes back to people being like, oh, it's just like a cold, and you're just complaining, and you're fine. And it's like... I don't remember having the chicken pox. I know that people do... I know that people die from the chicken pox. If, typically if they're older. As well. or, or if they're too young, you know, their immune systems can't. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have to get the chicken pox, don't you think that would be a good thing? Yeah. We have a chicken pox vaccine. Why do you want your children to get the chicken pox if they don't have to have it? Yeah, my argument would be, if you want to get stronger or learn how to live better, don't have there's, a house. There's Go people, out in the forest. Go forage for yourself. There's people that think getting, like, getting your immunity from getting the disease as opposed to from a vaccine makes you a stronger, better person. And that's a, not how I that like works. the better person part. Like, not, like, I, like, it's some sort of, like, you're supposed to come out a better person on the other side. I really regret getting a vaccine. Like, this... This is not some sort of weird, like, oh, you're going to go into a fever dream while you have the measles and have a vision quest, and you'll know... Like, vision quest! This isn't how it works. Where's my peyote? I just... <laughs> Man. And that's nothing... Nothing against people that vision quest. Like, I'm sure you're oh, doing no, no, that... no, no, no. This is a not at all. a way that is supposed to be done, not by getting the measles and thinking that you're now a stronger person. Uh, also, this was something that... What is... doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Or as I like to say, what doesn't kill you can maim you. I like mine better. I have no response for this. <laughs> so, studies have shown that trying to educate anti-vaxxers just makes them believe their beliefs more. So you can show them all the science in the world, and they say, yeah, well, I don't believe it. Do they say why? Well, because the mercury... 
Right. So so even with the education, the so the problem is the emotional response to it. Pro- with the, with possibly. It's possibly. Like, it's like a. It's like a. Was it Christian <laughs> scientists? Or, uh, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Where, yeah, like, they, they don't allow doctors to help because Correct. they're like, if God wasn't a live, That's another thing is some people are like, you shouldn't get vaccines because this is, this is punishment from God. Which, if that's how you want to believe, then okay, he gave us the free will to create vaccines. So maybe, how do you balance that then? I don't know. Farming just kind of wants those people to die. <laughs> Strong stance. <laughs> I mean... Everyone, just, everyone should have their own power to do what they want to continue living. It should not be you I, should suffer and let the let fate dictate if you live. If that's the case, how do you go lay down on the roadside and see how long you last out on the road? I am all for personal liberties, yeah. and like civil liberties, blah blah blah. I do not think that it is a liberty for you to be able to choose whether or not you get to spread disease. Yeah, I agree. If you don't want to vaccinate your children. And you had given something to my mother, and for the last 13 years of my mother's life, something like that would have easily killed her. Uh-huh. I, I don't even know what I would do if I knew that that's what happened. So let me ask you this then, because this brings up something that I've personally struggled with trying to find an answer for. I, can't, I feel like I know what my answer might be, but because vaccines are so important, and they are <laughs> very important, what is your stance on with human autonomy in them because the 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 main problem like the main thing is like if we could vaccinate everybody then everyone would be much healthier around but the problem is everyone everyone has human autonomy they can choose to not get something inside of their body well that's the thing that i've been thinking about a lot and i think it comes down to where that's not a black and white issue you can't be like nope you have it all or you have nothing i think there's some things where to exist on this planet together you have to make concessions. And I think vaccines is one of those things where everybody needs to have it. Unless there is some medical reason why you cannot get it, you, should, like you're you should be vaccinated. Yeah. Because the, like, the anti-vax Like, no one should movement, be whooping cough. Exactly. We've had a vaccine for that for quite a while. Yeah. And there are a whole bunch of people that have, like, a whole bunch of kids have been dying from it. The anti-vax movement is incredibly selfish. I saw a post somewhere where someone was like, well, I don't care if someone else's kid has cancer. That's their problem, not mine. Okay, well, if your kid gives them the measles and they die, that is absolutely your fault, and their blood is on your hands. Yeah, because you can't give someone cancer. You can help with, like, <laughs> HPV, maybe. So, so if they have cancer, they can't get that vaccine, or they don't have the immune response to deal with it with something that maybe your child could fight off. Oh, I think that as, like, I didn't give you like, No. Like, if you got This child cannot get vaccinated. Even if their parents wanted them to, or if they are vaccinated, they just don't have the immune response to fight it off, and your unvaccinated kid gives it to them, mm-hmm. you have killed them. Yeah, Not measles, 100%. you. Yeah, because you chose, you chose, and, and you're right, like, like, currently everyone has a choice for this kind of thing, so you can choose that, but your choice And can... I think this is one of those things where choice is dangerous. Yeah. I'm all for And it's dangerous for... to everyone as a whole. It's not just like small pockets. Mm-hmm. Like the herd immunity in many places is gone. Anyway, moving forward. Okay. 
Uh, so symptoms of autism tend to present themselves around the same ages that the MMR vaccines are administered. So I think that's possibly part of the reason why they hang on to this so hard. In the U.S., in just 2018, there were 17 reported measles outbreaks. In 2015... An anti-vax group called Safe Minds funded a study using oh, macaque. I always forget how to say that. Macaque monkeys. So they had four groups of monkeys. That's good. So I'm glad that they're all four protecting themselves, but they're fine with animal testing, right? Yep. So cool. two groups were given thimerosal containing vaccines, and the other two were given saline injections as a control. There was no abnormal behavior observed. Uh, so, so then some people that are diagnosed with autism have smaller hippocampal cells and they have a lower number of cells in their amygdala. So they did postmortems on all of these monkeys and that was not present either. So the scientists are able to reasonably, reasonably conclude that there is no, no link, link between autism and the thermorazole. So then they took this research and this information, and gave it to an independent statistical consultant. So it's not like, oh, well, we're just trying to make it say this. And they also said, yeah, there's no link. And Safe Minds was not pleased. They want to have it sent to another analyst, and they won't believe it. So they got an answer that they did not yeah. like. So they Which it seems asking. to me, wouldn't you... Wouldn't That'd you be, be glad? News. That'd be fantastic news. Because I mean, like maybe, and maybe it's because these people they want to believe there's a causality for why people why their children have autism, right? You want to understand why, and you, there's a lot of factors that go into that that we just can't. It's like understanding why maybe like some people have like deformities, like why mm -hmm. did why when my chromosomes were trying because to go sometimes together, that happens. Yeah, sometimes life is just fucked, and it's, it's horrific and, it, and it's bad. But you, a lot of the times it comes down to would you like to have a child in the ICU, possibly dead, or an autistic child. What is wrong with someone with autism? Nothing. No, nothing's wrong. They're still a person. In fact, I've worked, I, I've worked with several autistic people, or people in the autistic spectrum, mm -hmm. who are super brilliant. In some ways, more brilliant than I am. And it, they are still people regardless. I've worked with people who have Down syndrome, who are amazing yeah. individuals. They are still people, like... And, and, I mean, they'll say this to you, Regardless, anyways, they, they don't feel any less of individuals. They are beautiful, amazing human beings. And a vaccine is not going to change that for anyone. Now, but it will make them not have measles. It will make them not have measles. Correct. So, you're probably like, wow, that was a whole lot of history and information. Yeah. You had current events. How dare you break my heart. So. Don't break my heart again. Let's, uh. Don't tell me he's in the news. Again. No. Okay, thank God. Um, unfortunately, this is kind of local, though. Oh, it's local. Oh. So, oh. January 25th, which okay. is very recent to when we were recording this, a statewide public, statewide public health emergency was declared for Washington State. Okay. Yeah. Really fucking recent. And warnings have been issued to Oregon and Idaho. Uh, okay. So, the Clark County... Okay. The, uh, the Clark County. Clark County, <laughs> the Clark. which includes Portland, and it's a bedroom community to Vancouver, Washington, 
has a measles vaccination rate of 78%, which is far below what you need for any kind of herd immunity. So there's no, no herd immunity there. That's not a thing. Washington and Oregon allow vaccine exemptions for personal and philosophical reasons at a really high rate. So... What do you mean at a really high rate? Like, in Clark County, 7.5% of the people that are unvaccinated are... Un, 7, 7.5%... 7.5% of the people are unvaccinated for non-medical reasons. So they just, like... And I, I listened to something where it was like, there's three kinds of people that don't get vaccinated. It's like, there's the people that are like, nope, this is causes blah, blah, blah. Lazy people. Sure. And I behind that. I think the like, people that literally cannot, they right. medically cannot get right. this vaccine. So it's, it'll give me something. It's, I don't want to get out of bed. Uh, please don't. Mm-hmm. I'll die. <laughs> As of right now, there are 31 confirmed cases of measles in Western Washington. 31. And there are eight more suspected. When the article... So I've been, like, following this article because it keeps updating. When it was first published, there was, like, 21. That was on, like... This is Sunday. I think that was Tuesday or Monday. Okay. Uh, So 27 of these confirmed cases have been confirmed to be unvaccinated. The status of the other four confirmed cases, we don't know if they are vaccinated or not. It wouldn't surprise me if they weren't. I mean, there's always the possibility that they were the 1% of non-responders. Right, they could be someone that like, couldn't. Mm-hmm. Or they were lazy. Well, I mean, and even if they boy, like, even if they medically can't be vaccinated, be vaccinated, they're still unvaccinated. Right. The problem is the likelihood of thirty-one people being medically unable to be vaccinated is probably not super likely. Yeah, no, it seems a little. So, some of those people just weren't vaccinated. Most of these cases are children younger than ten. One is an adult, and the other nine are teenagers. One child is already in the hospital and has been for a couple days. Oh, shit. 38 locations are currently listed as exposure sites. And they have the dates and the time frames that someone that was in, that is in, was, is, am? I don't know. <laughs> An infected person was there. One of which is the Portland International Airport. So, yay for that. I'm very happy I didn't fly there. Uh, if you... Maybe the government shutdown was a good thing. No. Just for a little bit. No. No. So... Vaccines are so important. This is 2019. We have had a vaccine for the measles since 1963. It's a long time. People should not be getting the measles. It's, it makes me so mad because these children didn't have a choice. That's another thing. Like, you had a choice, but... You're not the one that's getting the measles. Yeah. Or maybe you are. And that's kind of... Just... Now, if you are not sure if you are immunized... Immunized... Immunized. If you don't know if you have your immunizations or not, you can go to the Department of Health for your state and you can request your immunization records. Perfect. 
Um, so something that I benefit from because I work at a hospital is that when I started working there, they made sure I was all up to date on my vaccines. And yeah, like, you work with people who are sick and such. I mean, I personally I mean, don't, don't, but, but everybody that works for the entire health system has to be up on their vaccines, which you know what? It's nice to know that the person sitting next to me is not going to give me rubella. I mean, also that I'm immune from rubella because that's cool. And they like they gave me a tetanus shot. People die from tetanus. I don't want tetanus. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets a flu shot every year. I appreciate that because you know what? Even if it doesn't work for me, and I get a weird like part of one of the flu that isn't, I, I don't know, because there's so many different strains of the flu. They cannot protect from all of them. So they try their best to get like you know what, whatever they can into What's that. What's in the season? Basically, yeah. The, they try to protect from that. Even if it doesn't work for me, I know that I'm not taking it to someone with a suppressed immune system. Mm-hmm. Like, Bryn's husband. He is a vulnerable adult. His heart is functioning at 12%. Something like this could kill him. Get your vaccines for people that can't. Don't be an asshole. And that's my soapbox. This public service announcement was brought to you by... I was just so ragey all week because this shouldn't be a thing. And, like, if you look back through medical history, there's a lot of things where we've been like, oh, yeah, this is totally a treatment. And then you're like, what? No, you're way off base. And then they eventually come back around to something that works. But vaccines is one of those things where we started off, like, like we, yeah. were, we were on the right track with that, that smallpox vaccine. Ah. And from there, we've only improved. It wasn't like, oh, take this poultice and shove it in your right ear. Like, that wasn't the thing. Yeah. Although, I did read somewhere, would you like to know, like, a medieval cure for tinnitus? Sure, let's do it. All right, so you've got a loaf of bread. I do. I have a loaf of bread. Now tear that loaf of bread in half. Did it. Now take each half. Okay. And stuff it in one of your ears. I don't want to eat the bread. Nope, you got to put it in your ears. I'm a starving peasant. I need this bread in my mouth. But you've got tinnitus. Fuck it. Because <laughs> that makes sense. The yeast in my ears. <laughs> Ew. Now all I can think of is against guards against insanity now. It's fucking disgusting. So. So just please, please. If I've appended and offended, appended. If I've offended anybody... I'm not really that sorry, because I think people shouldn't get preventable diseases if they don't have to, Mm -hmm. especially having spent so much time around someone with a compromised immune system. Yeah, I'd say, like, if you are offended, maybe uh, reevaluate why that is. Especially when there is so much science that backs it up, that these vaccines are safe. And that's another thing that people claim they're like, oh, big pharma just wants to... Here's the thing. If they weren't safe, like, let's take this in consideration. Let's say they weren't safe. Let's say they absolutely were the worst thing in the world. We'd have more people having these problems. It would not just be a select few. Like, because if, if, the, if the vast majority, like, 72, let's take the low ball number that you said. I think you said 72% of mm-hmm. people in certain areas were getting these immunizations. Those 72% of people should be having a huge surge of autism or Crohn's disease or mm-hmm. the both, apparently, right? If they actually were bad, 
So many humans would have this problem. And you know what we do? We'd be like, oh shit, we should stop this thing. Because, or revise our, how we immunize people. So, I found this Reddit, where it wasn't, it wasn't an AMA, but it was, it was like a, a ask a question looking for specific experiences okay. from people. Mm-hmm. And this was asking, asking doctors about, or just health professionals about their experiences with anti-vaxxers. Mm-hmm. And I found some that were pretty good. So, this one says, not a doctor. This was Kyle Rich XV. Not a doctor, but I work for a vaccine manufacturer, and my title is raw material engineer, a.k.a. I work with vaccine ingredients for a living. When an anti-vaxxer asks me on social media or in public if I know what's in a vaccine, I basically crack, cackle and crack my knuckles. They also don't seem to have an answer for, where, for why I give my children the same vaccines if Big Pharma is trying to poison people. Right. That's another thing, too. So you can't use the argument like, oh, well, they're not vaccinated. Yes, they are vaccinating their children. And most, like, these va- most of these vaccines are provided for free at the health department. There are women in sub-Saharan Africa that will walk for fucking miles to get their children these vaccines. And you can just go down to the health department. Literally down the street. Or maybe, like, two or three blocks away from where yeah. you live. So here's... A couple other ones that I pulled out. Oh, we could have like a drive-thru. I'm like, you're done. Next. So sister says, I'm not a doctor, but I'm a veterinary technician. I've had someone ask me if vaccines are going to give their dog autism. Have there been, have there been any documented? No. Okay. So Uh, why? So Sockaliciouser. Suckalicious. Says, a 19-year-old comes in on a gurney, deep coma, respiratory depression, foam issuing from the lips, mother frantic. EEG reveals the pattern typical of subacute sclerosing panencephalitis. Uh, common of measles. Or, sequela of common measles. It's preventable, people, but not curable. They buried him a few weeks later. Dr. Sumter to you says, believe I shared this before on Reddit. I had a seven-year-old showing signs of a serious illness. His teachers initially noted, noticed it before anything else. The child had been sick for a few days that turned into a couple weeks. The teachers told the parents over and over something was wrong. The parents ignored the signs and claimed it was nothing bad or it was a cold, something minor, etc. They finally came to me and the child showed signs, of me- showed signs of measles. Within about 10 to 15 minutes, I indicated that this is not a cold and this seemed to be measles, based on what they had verbalized to me and what I saw. To confirm, I examined the child's inner cheek and did a full-body exam where she, the child, not the parents, pointed out a rash, both confirming measles. The parents indicate, indicated that they did not believe in vaccines because their previous doctor told them it was unnecessary as long as the child ate healthy and stayed active. Uh, a, another doctor said this? It was a family friend who worked in naturopathic medicine, not a licensed doctor. After making the diagnosis and having a very tough conversation and informational session with the parents, I provided them with prescriptions to help with the measles and bring as much comfort to their as possible to their child. I had to break down that their child, one, could have infected children and families with a very dangerous but preventable disease, two, could have had permanent brain slash nerve damage, and three, could have fucking died. I didn't curse at them, but boy did I want to. The child had measles for at least a month before seeing me. 
To show how serious this is, measles does not show signs of, or symptoms in such cases for 10 to 14 days. So because they refused to vaccinate their child, at least two to three weeks of exposure to other kids and teachers went by. Somehow they were able to bypass school district requirements for getting vaccines. They did not have a religious exemption. Not a joke, guys. And now I will get off my soapbox for real. <laughs> okay. Well. So that's been my frustration for the week. That's a fair frustration. And it's, it's weird because it is like that weird, it's not black and white. You can't be like, oh, yep, you should have the ability to say yes and no. Where, like, it doesn't just affect you. There are a lot of things you should always have the ability to say yes or no to. But your health and I don't think health, deciding whether someone else gets measles no. is fair. No. It's like, kind of like my stance, and maybe this will be a topic at some point, but it's like, for certain kinds of hate speech. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, free speech does not cover that. It's like, it's why the same reason, like, you can't yell fire in a movie theater. Yeah. Right? And that's... Free speech. You can have free speech, but you always have consequences. It doesn't mean you have the right to do something without consequences. Mm -hmm. By you choosing to not get a vaccine, the consequences, someone else could get really sick or die. And that, it's really unfair that that has no repercussions on the people that caused it. Yeah. I agree. So, that's fun. Let's roll for next episode. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's move. And then let's go drink. <laughs> uh, where did I put them? Where are they? Are they over there? No, that's not where I want to go. Oh. Oh. Well, I have a pair. Uh, a pair. A set of hairsies. I have a pair. I have a pair. Oh, they're right there. They're right in front of you. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. I, I can't have... see them because the microphone is blocking them perfectly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still in a blind rage. It's okay. I'm like a barbarian. I'm raging. <laughs> That's good. How many rounds? <laughs> All of them. Oh, okay. So I have a set of Haxies. I believe these are the queen. I don't remember if I've used them for this or not, but they're like half gold and half purple. They're pretty. I know you had some sort of hybrid with purple, but I don't think it was those. I have more than one set of Haxies that are, that are purple. Actually, come to think of it, I think all three of my Haxies have purple in them. Mm. It's a great color. Four! History education. Wow. Good good for you. Alright. <laughs> I am rolling my special dice. The dice I love so much that I will use forever <laughs> until I get an upgraded version of said dice. So, let's see what I get. True crime. True crime. Okay. And... I'm sorry, I gotta get back on this again. Roller coaster for so many reasons. I have a friend that runs a blog about being a mom, and she posted something that was related to vaccines, and looking through the comment thread on that just made me sick. Because so many of it is other moms calling moms that vaccinate their children, like, saying that they're monsters, and that, like, look at what you're going to do to your children, and there's a whole lot of... Yeah, look at what you're going to do to your children. One of the things that they say the most that makes me want to just, like, rip all my hair off and fly out the window is do your fucking research. Do your research? Have you done any research? They've done their research. <sighs> They've done their own biased, self-satisfying research. It's, it makes me so it's mad. It's not hard to do. I mean... If you want to prove yourself right, you can find stuff to prove yourself right. That is not hard. 
but if you're being presented with factual information, maybe take a couple minutes to look at it. Yeah, and maybe make sure to take a look at the other side. Because one thing about science is, first off, the goal is to try and disprove your statement. If you cannot disprove, then it must yeah. be until disproven. You know, unless you're being paid three quarters of a million dollars. Right. In which case, then you just want to prove so whatever. So if your statement can be disproven at any point, it is not valid. What a weird world we live in. Well. <sighs> thanks for sticking with us through that. Well, thanks. Well, this is going to be one of those longer episodes, and somehow we managed to recover part of it. Oh, it absolutely will be a longer episode, uh, because we have, we've been going. That's good. I... And I will take responsibility for that being my tirade. That's okay. Mine was pretty long as well. But so. I feel it's just, it's so important. If you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Because there are people out there that don't have the option. And it's not fair for you to kill them. Yeah. I mean, unless that's your goal, then you're a horrible We have person. a whole other issue. <laughs> yeah, we have a different problem. Then you're like, oh God, who was that? Oh, that's another thing. There were people saying that the measles outbreak was the result of people coming from Mexico. Oh. But it wasn't like, oh, like they're just bringing it. It was like, no, like it was a militaristic action. Are we trying to immunize America by building a wall around? (laughs) But see, that's the thing. Like, I'm pretty sure Mexico actually has a pretty robust vaccine, vaccine, vaccine vaccine situation. I don't know. I I can't honestly say if they are or not. So that was just the biggest bunch of bullshit. That, that, that's why I was so angry this week. I was just wading through so much bullshit. So, wait, 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 wait. So let's say that, that was the case. Let's say, which is, I'm, I'm so this, highly suspicious of it, but... I would equate this, going back to the episode about the Civil War, uh-huh. where they were like, oh, they're sending the prostitutes in with syphilis... As a tactical measure to get the other side syphilis, and then they can't fight. That's what I'm equating this to. So let's say let's say that, that was the case, though. Wouldn't that be another reason to get immunized? If like, like, let's say because yes. it's not the case, but if that was the case, that is the exact reason why you'd want to get immunized. If someone was like, "Hey, we're gonna do like biological terror on your children," this guy, protect them. This guy the that I work with. Okay, I this guy that I used to work with uh two jobs ago so if if you don't know i used to work in substance use disorder treatment yes so that is a subset of the medical field right i'm gonna say yes it it is (laughs) so one of the counselors that i used to work with posted a comment on one of the articles that was posted on facebook by local news about the outbreak in Washington. And he said, why is nobody asking why the people that were vaccinated got it? And I, I, I exercised such impressive restraint because what I wanted to say was everything that I just told you guys about non-responders and immune amnesia Mm -hmm. and Oh god, it just flew out of my brain. Uh Pretty immunity? Yes. Maybe? Yes. Anyways. All of that about it not being 100% effective. Right. Because nothing's certain. Also, working in the medical field, 
he of all people should know that nothing is 100% effective for 100% of the people, or otherwise, how come his clients are relapsing? Oops. <laughs> it just, it was, it really pissed me off because I expect better of people. And for those that want, like, home, like natural, homeopathic remedies and all that stuff, you guys, that that's, you guys can totally do that on your own, but... You can do... The science is just as valid as, like... So the way I look at that is it's okay to supplement things. Yeah. But if you're like, yes, eat this lemongrass, it'll cure your cancer, no. No. It will not. No. Like, one of the biggest things I always bring up, because I learned, like, this is one of the things I actually learned in college, was aspirin is derived from a natural product. Mm -hmm. It's a tree root, if I recall correctly. And it's refined to be more potent. There's a podcast that I listen to that I think it's it's called Sawbones. Sawbones, yes. I was going to say I Sawbones. I love that podcast. Mm-hmm. I blitzed through four years of it in three weeks. Good for you. <laughs> they talk a lot about patent medicines, which is, or which are medicines that people have made for, like, without being like, yes, this actually does anything, or anything, just so that they can market it and make money. Uh-huh. Some of them do things. Some of them don't. Mm-hmm. And supplements is a really easy one to get away with. Like, remember that time we were at dinner and I was telling you about the yogurt enema? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> a yogurt enema is not going to do a goddamn thing for your life except make you real goddamn uncomfortable. Especially if it's daily. I'd rather eat Thanks, Dr. Kellogg. <laughs> That's a story for another day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, let me reiterate. Thanks for hanging with us through that. I know that was a lot. Thank you for listening. I know I was especially passionate. Uh-huh. Uh, Decker took the brunt of that. It's fine. He's fine. <laughs> I had about two drinks through it. We're fine. It's fine. This my, is fine. My heart, my heart will go on. We are the dog in a burning room. <laughs> this is fine. Everything's fine. But well, join us next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye. Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley. And our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt. Hey, but I didn't feel like that. Oh, when we were, we were at Hannah's during the bachelorette party. Oh, yes, open hands. Um, do you know how? I'm not familiar. Have you ever been there? I've been there maybe once or twice, and I want to leave since I go in. Because I don't like clubs. I still remember from the balcony when we had... We were there for New Year's. We which, to New be Year's. fair, it was really crowded because of New Year's. Yeah, and... It was not like that when we were there. I was there. like, I want to be away from people. Hannah's is crowded normally. Um, it wasn't crowded so much when we got there, and like there was plenty of room on the dance floor, and then when it started to get crowded, we were like, okay, we're going to the balcony now. But, so, Rocky Johnson, like, hands out, like sex things during her their set or whatever mm-hmm. and this guy was really drunk and he was going real hard trying to get something that she was hanging out handing out so she handed him this set of cock rings and was like it's yeah i can tell you're gonna have whiskey dick so you're gonna need these and he was like Woo! and we were all just like oh, oh, oh. Like he just got told he's like yeah he's like yeah you're gonna have whiskey dick i can tell <laughs> <laughs>